Blog Talk Radio. KSD Radio proudly presents the mistress of sci-fi herself, Vicky Love, with Vicky Love Sci-Fi. So join her and her co-host as she goes and wonders the world of sci-fi, movies, books, and learning. So here she is, the one, the only, the greatest sci-fi hostess ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Vicky Love! (laughs) Hi everyone, that was really great, Steven. I felt like I was back in the 50s and the 60s. Salute. <laughs> that was freaking fantastic. <laughs> okay. Hi, everyone. Why are we even talking about the 50s and the 60s? Because there's nothing good on TV anymore. We have to look backwards. <laughs> so I assembled my friends. Steven Ronquillo, who did that great intro for us, and Nate, what's your last name, Nate? Here's my friend and I can't. Bradford. Nate Bradford. Okay. Yeah, I know. There we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, we never really we never really talk about it, do we? It's always always just like Nate and Vicky. Yeah, like <laughs> Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So Nate, Brad, t- Nate, you know, Nate Bradford. There we go. And um, Nate and Vicky, that kind of sounds like a comedy team anyway. So um, hopefully we're not going to just sit here and talk about films. We're also going to have some laughs, okay? Yeah. So um, what, uh, the last time I was on the show, I, was on, I wasn't on my show. I was on Stephen and Nate's show. And they got me to thinking because they were, their show was about – um, films that we watch once and we're like, okay, that was a good film. I'm never going to watch it again. And as I turned on the new Disney show, Loki, expect I love Tom Hiddleston. I love him. If you look at, um, if you watch him in Wallander, I love him. I mean, he's just, he's just a really great actor. Okay. And I love the way he looks can't help it just love the way he looks and <laughs> that smile Woo! so anyway I, i'm really looking forward to watching loki it's been in the works for three years and the first episode i was like dumbfounded by how boring it was i'm sitting there going what what every joke to me was old disney joke that i'd seen some cartoon do I was like what so then I start thinking about Stephen and Nate and their show, and I'm like, what is there good to watch anymore? Nothing. The pandemic squashed everything, and we have to look backwards. So some people on another sci-fi um, site on Facebook, um, they're all, always celebrating the old movies, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. And then there was this other sci-fi, a sci-fi site that said, hey, guys, what do you think about Blade Runner? i never seen it. Should I watch it? And I'm like, what? So the, <laughs> my brain is just going, 
you're on a sci-fi site, and have you ever seen the original Blade Runner? What's going on with people today? So, well, it's I like asked I said, Steven Blade about, Runner has yeah. Real quick, Blade Runner has moved in those yeah. movies that's talked about more than it's watched. Mm-hmm. So hmm. I'm starting yeah, that, to think it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, Nate, what do you think an, about it, that? That is an interesting point. I because obviously, I mean, I I've seen Blade Runner multiple times in my life. I've seen all the different versions of Blade Runner, the you know, the multiple cuts, the director's cut, the the what 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 do they call the last one, the ultimate cut or whatever. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. But but yeah, you're yeah. Yeah, Stephen makes an interesting point. It is one of those films that people talk about. It's almost like uh, other movies that we've talked about, like The Shining. Like, people talk about it more than they've actually viewed it, you know? Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. These films become part of the cultural narrative, and people who have only seen it once or have actually never seen it uh, are suddenly you know, uh, they're, they have a, you know, some kind of philosophy or a theology behind it, you know, but, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have a funny joke around the house here. Uh, my wife and I, because I'll, I will come at her with some idea that I have about a movie and she'll say, how many screen rant videos did you have to watch before you landed on that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like, uh, yeah, I call the king of that sci-fi wise would be Soylent Green, as in more people know what Soylent Green is and the twist of the ending than actually have watched the movie or read the book Make Room, Make Room. Right. Yes. Right. It's just really crazy when if you say if you're say you're at a party, just at a party. Because I was at one not too long ago, because guess what? California's all opened up, right? So I was at a party not too long ago. (laughs) I know. It's like, you're at a party? Oh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? But anyway. (laughs) And and if you say Soylent Green to people who are about maybe 50 and older, most of them will get it if you use it as a punchline. Most of them will get it. And then half of those people who get it have actually really seen the movie. But if you say it to people who are about under 50 or under 45, they kind of get the punchline and they go, isn't that why people eat people? You know, but they've never seen the movie. And they want to feel cool, so they're like, yeah, yeah, I know that movie. But do they really know that movie? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's so it's, it's an interesting. Could... Oh no, go ahead. Okay, just I just want to say this um, as the beginning of the show that we could go over some films that I see on my sci-fi site. These films that people are like, you know, the new Dune is coming out at the end of the year or something like that, and people are like, whoa! I just watched David Lynch, dude. Oh my gosh, my mind is blown. Or I'm puking over it or something like that. And it's like, whoa, stop. Hold on. You just watched it? I hope you're 20. And and so what I'm 
speaking is that we can discuss these films that are very much worth your time and effort to go sit in front of the TV and watch, and you will get something out of it. Because right now, the the level of sci-fi out there for the new stuff is really junk. Junk, junk, junk. And it's With old well, stuff redone. Oh, sorry. With that was me. <laughs> My microphone that fell over. That seems to me to be the <laughs> difference between adult and kid sci-fi nowadays. You look at the kid sci-fi, it's the same as the adult. Except that the adult ones have boobs and sex. Mm-hmm. Not, a, yeah. not right. adult yeah. ideas, just boobs no. and sex. Yeah, there's very little idea. And uh, that's what used to propel the science fiction of the, the 50s movies, the 60s, not the schlocky stuff, okay? Um, some of it was just to you know, for the, the monsters and the rubber-suited monsters, for the fun of it, for the scare, for the Saturday night date, all that kind of stuff. But then there were some really good good films that had um, new ideas in it, like women could be scientists <laughs> and things like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that, yeah, yeah that, that's, the, that's the real science fiction. Women know stuff? What? I, I never knew. <laughs> or uh, take the movie like uh, I Married a Monster from Outer Space, one of the first movies ever to deal with spousal abuse and how the victim stays with the husband even though she knows he's monstrous. Just because she married him, he still looks like the man that she fell in love with. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a serious issue. And uh, the one thing that science fiction does that people like Bradbury and Asimov and, and Arthur C. Clarke uh, and, and, you know, a myriad of, of others, they took real issues and they played them out in the science fiction genre. And there are snobby, snobby people out there that believe you can't have a serious issue in a, a science fiction story because that's just for adolescents because it is just boobs and, and ass, tits and ass, tits and ass. It's sports in science fiction. I don't know. And so when you come across a film like that, it's very much worth your while to sit there and watch it. And or I'm really look. surprised it doesn't get written unless there's a point to it. Well, most of the time. Yeah. And uh, and so yeah, there's plenty of books. There's a like, we could do a. Uh, yeah. Remember when Asimov first came out, his stuff was shuffled in the same sci-fi that was sold to kids. Same yeah. with uh, yeah. Heinlein and Bradbury. They were in the yes. stuff. You had to get the kitty sci-fi stuff. Yeah, you had to go to the the teen section to get their sci-fi. Whereas, like, Arthur C. Clarke and Asimov, especially Heinlein, because he had, had a lot of sexual content in most of his stories, that wasn't um, appropriate. So the people, for, for teens, so 
people shuffling all the science fiction into one area for adolescents just don't don't know and didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, and so a yeah. lot of things are overlooked that maybe we can bring out to people so that when they're shuffling through their Netflix for the 15th millionth time, um, <laughs> oh, I've seen that, I've seen that, I've seen that, that was crap, that was crap, that was crap, that was crap, 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 crap. Um, they'll see something they haven't seen before. They'll look on um, something older and go, oh, I heard on one of those podcasts that I can't remember the name of, but that was a pretty good film. <laughs> I'll give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know those, you know those three idiots sitting around talking about sci-fi movies on their podcast. Yeah, I, yeah uh, they mentioned one of those movies, and I think I'll check yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the problem is nowadays with the under thirty crowd is you either got to get them hooked within the first thirty seconds, or you're in very much danger of. Losing them. Like uh, we talked about Predator last night and how there's not even a a visual mention of the monster for the first 45 to 50 minutes of the movie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Could you do that kind of slow burn today for the kids? No, no. Predator does something else that keeps you hooked. The the thing about Predator is, and the reason why Predator is such a great movie, it's, um, you know, action-adventure sci-fi, right? And the yeah. reason why it's so great and it deserves to be in anyone's top ten is because it's it uses its, um, its cast, especially Arnold, okay, because this is the height of his, his you know, vigilante, vigilante Antiism and uh, <laughs> I know on a podcast can't talk or and uh, they use Arnold. Then they started out like any other action adventure where they go and they 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 find the bad guys. They see the hostages and they and there's all that action adventure, all that explosion, all those bullets flying, all that stuff that you expect and that's within what the first five minutes of the of the film and so and then they're in the jungle so they've already captured more than half of their audience with that immediate thing and then in the back of your mind it's like well wait a second this is supposed to be a sci-fi predator but dang it they had a lot of explosions that was cool Arnold looks great. Look at his muscles. Okay, so Predator is is the epitome of that. No, no. I know what you're referring to. Predator is outside of that. Outside. Predator would capture anyone. Let's see. Like uh, the day the earth stood still. I wonder yeah, how many there you people go. were shocked when uh, Michael Rennie came out back then, and he was uh, human. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and not some monster or alien-looking creature from outer space. Right, right. But that couldn't shock 
what you would have to do is you would have to be sophisticated enough to have patience and say, look, I know this is going to be slow for you at the beginning, but let's watch it and see what's going to happen. <laughs> I know it's hard for yeah. anyone under 30. Yeah. Well, not yeah. anyone. I, I, I'm Go not ahead, the Nick. biggest. I'm not the biggest fan of sci-fi. Like I, I enjoy talking uh, about it with you, and I do watch a lot of sci-fi movies, but and TV shows. But I'm not the biggest fan. I like horror more than sci-fi, but oftentimes those two genres do, uh, you know, connect. Uh, but right. yeah, I really like. I, I, I love a slow burn horror movie. You know where, you know where you don't. Not, I, it's not necessarily just about a twist ending. I just like a really nice slow burn horror movie where everything comes out at the end, you know, not like I right. said, not twist ending style, but, but the story resolves itself, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and I, and I assume, yeah. And I assume you like that, uh, as a, as a sci-fi fan, you're a big sci-fi fan. So I, I assume you enjoy that about certain sci-fi movies. Yeah. Um, all my favorites, like Alien, is the the perfect balance of sci-fi, horror, slow burn, because you don't see the alien, the alien itself until almost halfway through the movie. You know and what it's doing. And you don't doing. know who the lead character is until maybe twenty minutes before the movie ends. Right. It's another one of <laughs> yeah. those. Um, yeah. One of those genre-breaking films. That, uh, you know, when the captain dies, you know, the captain goes into that really harrowing uh, crawl space and you're you're like sweating and you're thinking, but he's the captain. He can't get killed. He can't get killed. And then Yeah, he's Tom happens? Scarrett. You can't kill Tom yeah. Scarrett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't he a cowboy in another life? You know, I mean, come on. <laughs> so and they, those... Those films, they did it right for the the people with no patience. Yeah, they did it. They they kept they had a mystery, and they kept that mystery going. However, it always bothers me when people say, "Well, I like Alien better than Alien," and it's like, "Well, you don't understand. They're two separate movies with two separate genres using science fiction." Bingo. You don't understand. Yeah. yeah. I like, so I'd rather keep them both. Yeah, absolutely. And when I talk science fiction, they're both science fiction films. So if you're an action-adventure person, you probably like Aliens more. You're a slow burn. You like suspense and other things, and you'll like Alien more. But they're both science yeah, fiction. Yeah, they... Yeah, uh, they're, they often refer to Alien as uh, a sci-fi movie that takes place in a haunted house, you know. Right, right. That, that, whereas Aliens is more of an action movie, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. you got Space Marines. Yeah. It's just like Predator. Yes. Predator is <laughs> sending in Arnold, right, with his team. And now the company is sending in the space marines, right? So yeah. mm-hmm. that clues you. Do, you. do you remember uh, the documentary on uh, Blade Runner? And I can remember the reactions of it back then, how pissed off that people we had 
Indiana Jones solo in a movie, and he wasn't <laughs> playing an action star in Blade Runner. <laughs> right. You're like, what is this? This is not what I wanted. Uh, right? I, I didn't yeah. spend my money to sit in the theater to see him be depressed. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, yeah, I don't um, know. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I, I kind of enjoy uh, that. That's actually one of the things I enjoy about uh, Blade Runner. As someone who suffers from depression myself, I kind of enjoy seeing <laughs> seeing how depressed uh, uh, Deckard is in uh, Blade Runner. I'm like, yep, that's how I would react as well. Oh, yeah. I think that it's yeah. just perfect. I think it's uh, Blade Runner is one of the more perfect films, I think. I think Alien is a perfect film. For science fiction, I think Alien is perfect. has all the science fiction you could possibly want in it, okay? Because they're in a spaceship. They're out on planets. They're space miners, okay? They're talking about their wages. I mean, it's just really good science Yeah, truckers fiction. in outer space. Yes, They're talking about yeah, their cut. They're like, yeah, we got to <laughs> land and get this alien ship because that means we might get a cut from the salvage. Right. And then Harry's yeah. standing and then they're fighting between each, with the other ones. He's like, we're the mechanics. We keep this ship going. We should get a bigger cut. Mechanics right. don't get a big cut. Whoa. Yeah. What about our no, bonus? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. What about the bonus? Yeah. 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 It's a bonus. Yeah. It is a futuristic version of just like, okay, well, if we're going to go to other planets, then we have to have a shipping route. And, uh, you know, and it, it is a really good futuristic version of like, just, yeah like the 70s trucker movies that we all love you know right <laughs> like it's the right. yeah it's, yeah it's, it's the futuristic version of that you know mm. and then you put in the the scariest monster that ever you could ever conceive of <laughs> and, and then when you the, think I mean, the alien is the most evil monster on board here comes ash and goes no yeah yeah <laughs> yeah Right. But I do yeah, like that alien... before Ash dies, he said, you're dead, but I wish you luck. Yeah. Whenever I think I've encountered the most dangerous creature in the universe, I then have to hang out with Steven again, and I remember, oh, yeah, there's always... It's always one more. Something worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's always something worse. Always something worse. Yeah. But when did you know uh, Vicky, you what? was around back then with the books. I don't remember. When did uh, Asimov's robot laws really become religious dogma in sci-fi? Um. Well, that's when the, the the directors and screenwriters actually started reading his stuff. And yeah. so you know what you know why it really well, I'm happened? Books is because too. you've seen that, you know. 
Right, right, right. But that's that's a modern thing from like about the eighties on in film because um well, you know, even if you go all the way back to Metropolis, the robots they were they had um you know kind of a society and they had rules and and so I I think that maybe Asimov took his ideas from maybe 1930s, maybe some of the earlier science fiction. Yeah. But but the robot thing, the scary thing about the robot didn't really start cuz look at look at um the day the earth stood still. Gort comes out and he stands there and he's this big robot, shining, silver, scary. Um, he has a laser beam come out of his eye or his helmet, and there goes the tank, there goes the weapons, right? And so that's your classic, and there were no rules there. Michael Rennie at the end told uh, Patricia, what's her name, O'Neill, that um, goes, well, they're the ones that run everything, and if you do something wrong, they just come and, so there's no robot rules. When that came out, okay, um, Foundation Series was actually being written at that time. And so the rules for the robots started just infiltra- infiltrating the the screenwriting, maybe late 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah. Now, I, I would say late 70s, early 80s as well, but I do agree with you. Um, when my grandmother passed away, uh, we moved into uh, into her house, uh, and there was a book a bookshelf in one of the bedrooms, which became my bedroom, where there were just hundreds of science fiction uh, books and magazines that one of my uncles had left behind when he moved out of the house. And uh, wow, yeah, I read. That, that's when I first read the Foundation series, and I would agree with you on that. The Foundation series is really where we got the, the, the rule. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the Foundation. Well, yeah, the I rules. Wrote, yeah, I always thought that the start of the rules was the short story I Robot, which came out before the Foundation series. Right. Right. It did. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, first, the uh, last movie that Ruby don't want to talk about is uh, The Man from Planet X, which is unique. It has the alien land on Earth, but then as soon as he lands on Earth, he's kidnapped by the evil scientists and tortured with, and because of that, he's afraid of the, you, of the human race, and the whole movie <laughs> leaves you, at the end, it leaves you up in the air is he evil were we evil you know what was his real purpose to come here i really love that movie i mean it is the props are uh it it, it's one of those movies that that on first viewing you're like what the heck look at this this is slammed together these props this but the story is is really good because it has the twist about a third of the way into it. The scientist <laughs> becomes <laughs> the evil guy. He starts torturing 
the uh, just like just like it's like Guantanamo Bay on up in Scotland or Ireland, wherever the the movie is. Uh, he starts torturing <laughs> this poor creature and turning off his air. He hits him. He beats him up. It's just terrible. So who's the monster? Right? Yeah. And then you have to yeah. start thinking about who is the monster. And that's really how it starts going. Who is the monster in this thing? That that's one of the the best themes in science fiction. Who is the monster? Yeah, back yeah, then well, our sci fi as kids weren't afraid to make us think and not think that we're just stupid kids. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so so Vicky, you you were yeah. the one who uh who posited this uh this theory or for, you know, for the uh show tonight. Like uh-huh. so what are some of the what are some of the other movies you think that uh well, lean into those those same themes? Uh gloss but Here's sound. the thing. Here yeah, here's the thing. I have been looking to purchase this film called uh rocket ship xm it stars um uh let's see where's my list i love this hugh o'brien john emery lloyd bridges noah berry uh morris ankrum osa osa mason and it's about and it's a 1950s movie and it used to be on netflix and it's not anymore and I turned it on one night late at night uh, just to fall asleep to something, actually. And I was amazed by the fact that this movie didn't have a Hollywood ending. What happens is that they, um, they're scientists. They get a, you know, onto a rocket ship. They're going to go to the moon. Um, this, that's their whole purpose. And um, instead of going to the moon, it gets knocked off course, and they go all the way to Mars. And then they try desperately to come back. And they use science, not a lot of great science, but they try to use science to get back. And a lot of bad things happen, and um, there's only two crew members who are going to possibly make it back to Earth. And um, the whole thing is is that I – I hate to say the ending, but I'm going to anyway. Spoilers, spoilers. Spoiler um, alert for a, for a yeah. movie that's 40 years old. All right, spoiler exactly. alert. Exactly. <laughs> the thing is, they don't make it. And uh, right. they talk about not making it back. And it's like, wow, wait a second. This is 1950s. Shouldn't it have a Hollywood ending? And it doesn't. And it's it's really a good film. It keeps you interested. It's not very long. So the other day I was trying to get this. I'm actually going to get a bonus for working as a as an at home teacher for this horrendous 12 months. So I thought I'm going to buy this nice. film. This film is so hard to find and it costs so much that I had to wait until I got a bonus. Um, from COVID <laughs> to to purchase it. And then I'm thinking, why is it so expensive? For one thing, it's kind of rare. But another thing is that it's so good. And so I'm like, well, you know, people should know about a film like this. This has got Lloyd Bridges, you know, the father of Jeff and Bo Bridges, right? 
<laughs> Mr. Sea Hunt. I used to when I was a kid. I watched Sea Hunt. I'm like. That guy's cool. He goes underwater. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, being born and raised in the desert, the ocean is endlessly fascinating. Okay. So anyway, that's what got me thinking about this, is purchasing this film, very old film, trying to find it, trying to find a dealer that had it. And why do I want it so much? Because the story is so interesting because it's not a Hollywood ending. So that's what got me thinking. So that was what my, my number one film that I wanted. But, you know, I came across also one of um, Stephen's favorites, and it's not an old film at all. It's not old. It's a 2018. But it fits right into what we're talking about. And, and Stephen, that's Upgrade. Don't you think it's oh, right? Yeah, into what that we're... one's good. I love yeah. the fact that they keep the twist and upgrade until the last thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole movie's like, oh, boom, pow and then walks out <laughs> and still sitting there like What? Have you seen upgrade, uh Nate? Yes. Of course. Oh, that that is good. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, I love it. Starts yeah. out your basic sci-fi action film, and then you start like, well, what's really going? Oh my god! <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It it really um, it really reminded me a lot of uh, I I know Vicky has obviously seen, but I don't know if you've watched Black Mirror, Stephen. But oh uh, yeah, yeah I I know Vicky. I know you're I know yeah. you're all on it. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely. It, 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 yeah, it it definitely reminded me of like a, a like an extended episode of Black Mirror. You know, um, but yeah super cool and you're right like they did do a good job with the twist ending on that uh you know versus what i was just saying before like some movies i just i'm just like yeah the twist ending doesn't really work for me i got bored halfway through the movie and then oh twist flip (laughs) you know uh but no no that yeah yeah uh, but upgrade was definitely uh way better than that yeah yeah, that um, the Stephen had to talk me into watching it. He told me about it. He told me about it, and you know, it never really flashed on my stream streaming. I had to like really look for it. And then uh, halfway through it, I'm like, "Dang it! How come I was so stupid in being stubborn to watch this film? This is a good film." <laughs> and it's one right? of those that's hard to talk about without ruining the last thirty seconds of right. the movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we yeah, we can't really talk about it to to spoil it for the listeners, but yeah, you, everyone who enjoys our shows should definitely watch Upgrade. It's on uh, Amazon Prime right now. Uh yep. so go over to Amazon Prime and watch it. <laughs> and yes, it's a 2018 people, film. Yeah. People are going all over their cells over the Richard Stanley Colored Out of Space, which is a great film. But the year before, we got another. Okay, which one of you dropped? 
Vicky? Or I'm is this still Nate? there. Yeah. What what was there. it that one with uh Princess Amidala that came out the year before that was another adaption of the color out of space that everyone ignored? Oh, I'm blank. You know, uh where she goes oh, to try to no. find her husband. Oh, Annihilation. Of course. Yeah, Why am Annihilation. I on that? that is, I was going to mention that. I'm glad you brought it up because it's on my list. The more people watch it, that came up in my uh, one of my um, sci-fi groups. The more people watch that film, the more people like it. Because at first, the critics are like, oh, I don't understand. What the heck's going on? I don't get it. Ew, that has all women in it. Where's the men? Where's the explosion? <laughs> and so, because there's none of that kind of stuff, right? There, there's, yeah. um, it's, a, it's a slow burn. It comes from one of my favorite modern science fiction uh, uh, authors and, and book trilogies. And it was very ambitious because trying to do all three books as three different films would never work. So what they did was they tried to take the, the best parts out of all three books and put them into one film. And I think it was very uh, successful, but it's so scary. It's so scary. I I, I actually, um, a couple months ago, a friend of mine, I'm in a a book club with a a bunch of my retired English teacher friends. And so we buy books for each other and recommend books. So I recommended these books to one of my friends. And he's like, my God. You know, this is crazy. This this whole concept is crazy. I go, but it's absolutely true because all the time the Earth is being bombarded with stuff from outer space. The whole premise of annihilation is that something falls down. And it's kind of like uh, when you go to John Carpenter's thing or I guess the original thing and the original story. Something from outer space lands on planet Earth and it's not uh, it's not really conducive to human mammal life and it starts changing things and that could happen at any moment and that's scary yeah and well and like i said if you like the color out of space you're going to like annihilation cuz most of them are good tales on the same thing. Yeah, and and uh, that was that was Alex Garland directed that, right? He he directed Ex Machina. Yeah. However yeah. you pronounce yeah. it. Yeah. 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 He so it right. so he so he already had a he already had a deep seed uh, when it comes to sci-fi, but. Uh, Annihilation kind of reminded me of, I don't know if either one of you have seen this, it's not a sci-fi movie, but um, the Hillbilly Elegy film, and this kind of goes along with what Vicky was saying, uh, the Hillbilly Elegy was based on a series of books, but they kind of condensed all of the books into one movie, same kind of thing, um, 
if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It's a pretty interesting movie. It's on Hulu. But uh, yeah, Hillbill Elegy, it's not a sci-fi movie. But again, it takes a series of books and condenses them into one film, which is exactly what we were talking about with this. Yeah. Right. Um, I know I've never watched it because I don't watch Hulu too much. But uh, I have a weird thing with Hulu. I used to have no commercials with Hulu. And then when I got my Disney, um, all the commercials came back. They won't let me change my Hulu. $5 more. I don't care. I don't like commercials. And Hulu won't let – they make me watch commercials. So I just make myself not watch Hulu. Yeah, that's why I don't watch Tubi, because there was this one time I was watching a movie on Tubi, and then all of a sudden, 20 commercials. Yeah. (laughs) And I looked down at the corner and said, 18 commercials left, then your movie will resume. (laughs) (laughs) Go take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. No. Abby and I were just talking earlier today about which streaming services we still want to keep because we're just like, come on, man, we're spending like, you know, $50 a month on streaming services. uh, But, you know, which ones are we at? Which ones are we actually watching, you know, and which ones are actually offering us, you know, content that we can't get somewhere else. And especially because, as you know, you guys know, I'm, you know, I'm a movie nerd. I've got. I've got a fucking collection of DVDs, VHS tapes, uh, you know, uh, uh, Blu-rays. I've got my friggin' laser discs. I mean, come on, man. I don't need, I don't need the TV. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't need the internet to give me shit. You know, I can, I, I got everything I need. I, I, you know, I'm paying you to entertain me. <laughs> Right, right, right. I'm not, I'm paying you, so why do I have to watch any advertisements at all, period? Why does that crap have to interrupt the most intense part of the movie? You're watching a movie, and it's like, (gasps) commercial. (laughs) And then you're like, okay, you cut the entire scene. All the tension is now gone. I guess I'll go to my refrigerator and eat something. Yum, yum, yum. What's happening? You know, I'm, I'm, I can't deal with that. <laughs> Don't say you're going to go to your refrigerator and eat something, Vicky. We all know you mean ice cream. We all know you mean ice cream. Come on. Come on. All right. Okay. Yes. The ice cream's right there. Don't, don't say, don't say something. We know you mean ice cream. <laughs> oh, I'm grabbing and that then, celery. Yeah. <laughs> Another one that I love is when people take sci-fi or other horrors or other books, and they said, "Yeah, I read them for the start," and I'm like, "No, no one did." Like uh, Pitch Black, when it came out, oh. the only ones who watched that movie were people who liked another obscure movie, The Arrival. <laughs> Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, go put, you can put both of them together because both of those were obscure ones that no one knew what it was. It's just like, I like the arrival because I seen it on HBO and it's the same director. So this might be good. Yeah. Yeah. 
that I remember when I went to see Pitch Black in the theater, it was almost empty. There was me and, and the, the 10 other science fiction fans. And it was before Vin Diesel was really Vin Diesel, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm totally blown yeah. away by that movie. That movie was a lot like Alien in the fact that the, the, the creature there on the planet is so, so scary and lethal. And they don't know what's going to happen to them. They're not even supposed to be on that planet. They're, they weren't supposed to be anywhere near or any of the accidents that put them there. None of that was supposed to happen. So they're in a total situation they don't know how to deal with. And that makes it really scary, really good science fiction. But nobody watched it. That's another one on the list. Nobody watched it. And so now when you say pitch black, because the word of mouth was only through science fiction, people, a lot of, yeah, but people, a lot of people didn't, the only reason why more people know that film than any other film, I mean, than lots of different science fiction films is because of Vin Diesel. When, when they, um, saw Riddick the first time, they went back to find a Vin Diesel movie and they found um, they found Pitch Black. Or they became a Vin Diesel fan because of the Fast and Furious. And so then they're looking for other and they found Riddick and Pitch Black. But it wasn't the other way around. Yeah. And then and people are like, no The Arrival was good too. I got that as a blind oh, yeah. buy because I like Pitch Black and I was like, Wow, this is actually good. Yeah. The one with Charlie Oh, yes. It's so good. I thought it was, even way back, I thought that movie was going to be crap. (laughs) Yeah, because the trailers were crap. Yeah. And now, now you have to watch it because Arecibo crashed and burned. Arecibo died during the pandemic. They let it, they let it fall apart, and it's dead. And so you got to watch that film just because. Oh, there's an X Files uh, episode also with the Arecibo um, telescope in it, and um, well, it's a, it's a, it's a X-ray telescope, so it's an array, and. Uh, um, it, the whole thing just crumbled apart, and nobody cared. <laughs> but you got to mm. watch um, The Arrival with Charlie Sheen to see it. Yeah, it's got the bit was, of trivia was, for you. Was that based on a Whitley Stryber novel? Uh, no. I, no. No, I, 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 but his, uh, those things all came out at the same time. That's why you're thinking yeah. that. That's good, Nate. Arrival yeah. is the 80s film where uh, Felipe Mora thought that he was kidnapped by aliens, so he wrote an autobiographical book about it. Then Felipe Mora made a crazy movie with Christopher Walken about it. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> it's where the yeah. anal probe okay. cliche came from. Yeah. <laughs> well... I'm hoping after we get done here tonight, I can get anally probed by my wife, but that's a different story. (laughs) (laughs) There's a bit of trivia for you. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's some trivia for you. There's some trivia for you. That should have been big with horror fans and sci-fi fans, but everyone ignored it. Fire in the sky. You know, okay, I'm going to tell a story about that. Um, I lived in Arizona at the time that that happened. And uh, my husband and I were driving in my car, and it came over the news that this happened, that the, the, the people that were lost in the forest were found, except for the one guy was not found, and they're, they were talking about being abducted, or there was a thing there, and their friend was abducted. So it was like three or four days on the news. We would listen to it on the news as we were going to, he was going to work, I was going to school. And uh, so it was a real thing. And then, then I forgot about it, and then the movie came out. And I'm like, check this out. We have to go see this movie. Remember when this happened? And so, yeah, if you watch that film, I mean, there's some really gross parts of that. Yes, I don't understand why horror film buffs don't yeah. don't watch it. But it's a real it's a real documented event. Whether what the film shows happened really happened or not, that's what the guys say. But it was in the news for a whole week back when yeah. I was um, very young. <laughs> well, I met Travis Walden at a convention about four years ago. It was one of those sci-fi fanboy conventions, and they actually yeah. had Travis Walden there at the table. And he was very sincere with his story. There oh, yeah, I believe him. Con man carny angle to him. Well, if you live in Arizona and you're outside at night very much, which most of us are, because LL for real, um, you know, it was 117 and 118 there last week. So, you know, you just don't go outside it during the day spend a lot of time outside at night and if you look up into the sky um you're going to see some weird shit i'm telling you i'm telling you i know you all think i'm crazy but i've seen a a a real absolute ufo and nobody could ever convince me i haven't and that's the arizona skies for you well let, let me tell you guys my story about uh about fire in the sky. Uh, they actually filmed that movie here in Maine and uh, at least portions of it. And uh, uh, my friend Dennis and I were uh, filming our own short film in downtown Bangor on one Sunday afternoon. And these two guys came up to us and they were, you know, they were like, Hey, what do you, cause they saw we had the camera and the microphones and everything. They were like, Hey, what are you guys doing? And we told them that we were making a movie and they were like, Oh yeah, well we worked on the movie here in Maine, fire in the sky, yada, yada, yada. Wow. They told us the story, you know? And, and, and then wow. when we were like, we were like, all right, cool, man. Well, we, you know, we got to finish our project here. And the guy's like, uh, you, uh, you got a couple bucks. Uh, can, can, can I get a few bucks? Uh, you know, 
We we really wow. need a beer and some. <laughs> we really need wow. a beer and some beer. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah we we. We worked on this movie, but right now we really need some beer and cigarette money. So, uh, <laughs> guys, help, guys, help me out a bit. Can you, can you guys help me out a bit? Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're actual professionals. We work for beer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, we yeah. see, we see you, we see you amateurs down here filming your little short film. Uh, but we, uh, you know. Uh, we're we're from uh, you know Actors uh, Guild and uh, you know or uh, what would it be called? Us, but, yeah. And if they catch us working on your movie, since you're on set, <laughs> you could get fined a big lot of money. But we need beer and cigarettes. <laughs> Just give us some cigarette and beer money and we won't tell SAG that you're out here filming movies in downtown Bangor, Maine. <laughs> yeah, um, now that we're into our filming stage of our film, it's better to um, just do it and then suffer the consequences. Yeah, understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, uh, you know... Like they always make, uh, you know, Spike Jones always makes jokes about it, but it, it it seems like it's fairly sincere that a lot of the music videos that Spike Jones filmed back in the '90s, he did not have permits. He just did whatever he was gonna do, and like you said, Vicky, just well, I'll just suffer the con- consequences later. Right. You know. Yeah. Right. Unlike the old days where it was okay, stand outside the van, one, two, three, four, it's the cops. Run. Now, <laughs> yeah, right. well, you know, okay, we're here's gonna the go thing. outside the van. One, two, three. Oh shit, sag, run. <laughs> the most um yeah, sag. I'm worried about them too. Uh no, you know, here's the most prohibitive thing of all. Um, do you have insurance? You need to take out a hundred thousand dollar policy to film right there. I'm like, what? A hundred thousand dollar policy to film five minutes? Yes. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I have that kind of money. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just sitting in my bank account over here. <laughs> so here, you know, that's the 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 young filmmaker or the new filmmaker or somebody who wants to go out and put their idea on film. They make it so prohibitive. It's it's ridiculous. So yeah. good for Spike Jones. <laughs> yeah, well, that's or why so Spike many. Lee, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No, I, that's what that's. That's why so many people, you know, uh, I, I, I guess it's why so many of us, myself included, now you make a movie on your on your iPad or your cell phone, you know, because no one can tell you, you know, I and I we do have really nice filmmaking equipment here at our studio, but you know, we don't take it out into the streets with us because we know we're going to get harassed by, right. you right. know, for those same, same reasons. So we'll go out with an, with an iPad and a, and a cell phone and make a movie, you know, I mean, the video quality is, I mean, it's, I, I wouldn't say it's 
comparable, but, you know, at least it exists, you know, we can go out yeah. and do stuff with, you know. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of complications when it comes to that kind of thing, but our camera, we have a, a expensive small camera um, that does what the big cameras do because it's just easier to conceal what you're doing. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, to get back on talking, I want to talk about a TV yeah. show that came out in the 70s. And for some reason, then, none of it's ever hit VHS, even if it's the greatest hits one, or DVD, and that's Project Blue Book, which is more, to me, a precursor to X-Files than almost anything except maybe Night Stalker was. You remember that series, Vicky? I don't think I ever saw it. I've just seen the new one, the one yeah. that Peacock did. Well, I have what not it seen was the about one. the old one was about these two generals who were working on the Project Blue Book case, and each week they went out and looked up, you know, UFOs and just like the X Files, except that, that they was were the 1970s. Yeah. Hmm. Yep, I I remember it, but you know that's that's kind of on that's kind of more over on my side because I am a real like I, I am a real like UFO Bigfoot uh, Loch Ness monster nerd, so hmm. I do I I remember oh. that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember if it was all along, but it was a great series. But they put it on one of their desks. NBC, I think, the one who redid it for Peacock, put it on one of their death slots. Right. It was yeah. either Sunday or Tuesday during the summer. Oh, yeah. 1978, yeah. 79. Oh, yeah. yeah, I wasn't watching much TV back then. <laughs> yeah. But it is yeah, a great Vicky, series, and I Vicky, wish they would put it out. Hmm. Vicky was still in diapers back in 1978, <laughs> 1979. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what ice cream was. <laughs> uh, yeah, she, uh, she didn't even know what ice cream was. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and what I like, Vicky, is that the end of the series, they knew it was going to yeah. be one season only, so it ended with them taking all the proof and evidence that UFOs really exist. Uh-huh. And then this, uh, it showed stamps, classified. And it looked at him, he said, no, they don't exist. Now get out of my office. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it almost, the ending is almost like the ending of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, you know, oh, it's in the hands of our best men, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just uh, looking at the the cast of that show. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Nope. Yeah. yeah. Well, how come? So I guess Stars will run it. If you have a subscription to Stars, which I do not, um, I used to, but I don't. I purged myself of Stars. Um, uh, I think you can watch it. It says well, that you uh, can find it. 
on Star's Prime Video channels, but there's restrictions that apply, whatever that means. <laughs> it was probably made you have to right. buy their, their mm-hmm. Star's prescription through Amazon. Right, right. That's probably it. All right, you guys want me to you guys want me to do a you guys want me to do a commercial to see if we can get a sponsor? Uh, yeah. 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 They're complaining about yeah. us being paid. No, we ain't going to sponsor them. SAG's already if you want. for us. Yeah. <laughs> Take those three names down if they ever try to get into SAG. Do not let them in. We will show them. <laughs> if you if, if you want to see Project Blue Book on Prime, dun, dun, click, dun. or <laughs> what are we supposed to say? Click all the guys I know that do other podcasts that from us are like click and smash that button, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure to click and smash like, because the more likes yeah, you get, sure. the more likely you two will uh, not ignore us anymore, man. Right, click and like, click it. We need to yeah. <laughs> Rate this, rate this, rate this. <laughs> but I mean, Isn't I've seen crappy shows uh, like. Uh, Mama's Family and other crappy shows They hit DVD Why not something that could be a small Season I never understood why the, the, the TV channels never did that You know do With a lot of the sci-fi Well fantasy or horror TV shows You know Well NBC I have a lot of Specialties yeah, well, especially NBC. NBC used to do a lot of sci-fi, one one season of sci-fi, and so I have a lot of those. I have a lot of those TV shows in DVD, and you know, they did. You know, back when DVDs were really big and Best Buy was like the place to go, and they had that whole huge um, video section, DVDs, oh, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, that's when those series most likely were put onto a a, a disc. But yeah, everyone's talking about oh, I love I would love to see all of the shows that inspired the X Files, blah blah blah. And the only one that really come out was the Night Stalker, and even that's been a very erratic trying to find. It's like they put out a DVD of the first two movies, and then six weeks later, you're like, "You mean it's not in print anymore?" Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I found. Trying to find Rocket Ship XM was very frustrating. Because um, I don't, I don't mind that I had to spend extra money on it. Um, it wasn't that much, but just trying to find the DVD of it because you know they don't want to make DVDs anymore. They don't want to. I I have this feeling that um, the the entertainment industry is shrinking. And it's going down. Um, it's going down the same way. Film is going the same way as music, because yeah. once the 
the iPod started and iTunes came, and I don't even I my music listening has shrunk because of it, and I think that's what's happening with the film too. You know, the streaming services, they were really cool in the concept and in the beginning, but now they're these huge corporations and they don't make decisions based on what we want to watch. They make decisions based on the bottom line dollar now, and that destroys Well, the dream has always been for us to, for TV and movies, Instead of us paying once and we own it, that's why they hated DVDs. Right. Is that we right. have to keep paying them over and over and over again. Like, right. if you buy a movie off of Hulu, Amazon, or any place that you can buy a streaming copy, if they lose the rights to it, you're going to lose your movie. No, it's already happening. I have a friend who went into her library on Amazon Prime because she changed her the conditions of her uh, of her account. She lost some of her films. Yeah, They're how not would there. You, she paid for yeah. them. How would you like that, Nate? If someone just knocked on your door and said, "Hi, we're from the DVD company, and uh, those movies that you thought you own, we don't have the rights anymore, so we got to take them back from you." That's um, one of the oh, reasons why, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the reasons why you need to all you every so often you need to buy a brand new DVD player because someday they're going to stop manufacturing DVD players. Then you're in trouble because then all those discs you have, if you have a broken DVD player, they're not worth anything. Either. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're look screwed at, no matter what. Uh, speaking of the lost sci-fi, look at the two pilot movies that uh, Gene Roddenberry did in between the death of Star Trek and uh, Star Trek the motion picture. Are those easy to find? Nope. No. Mm-hmm. No. I don't even own those. Am, uh, am I back? No. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So uh, my microphone cut off. I don't it's know. The this friggin- it's the hour mark. Yeah. Man. It's like it's like it waits for the hour mark and you're like, Oh, you think you're gonna make it this time? No. I know. There's something about this program that I use for it's like w- we spent all this money on uh on podcasts equipment and then like for some reason my friggin computer kicks me off like every hour like nope done you've yeah. had your fun <laughs> yeah yeah, but, yeah. We it's probably Vicky, a we microsoft to, thing yeah me and vicky were talking about those two pilot movies uh, what was it earth 2 and something else vicky that rod yeah did in between the end of the star trek series and the startup of the movies <clears throat> I can't like Earth Two was a was a TV show. Yeah, there was yeah. two Earth Twos. 
<laughs> there were two Earth twos, he says. Yeah, one was well, that Spielberg well, that, series that, that, that just abruptly ended and pissed off ended. all of the fans because they didn't just they didn't resolve any of the stories. Like all of a sudden, we're ending on a cliffhanger. Then two right. days later, this show has been canceled and won't be back. What the? <laughs> right. It was expensive to film. And because they filmed it on location, uh, and the actors were getting sunburned, and they were not being treated very well, and uh, and and so, also this was at the Earth Two, the series was at the very beginning of the internet, where people were starting to pull apart what they were seeing, and so they, I remember the big controversy over what's in the sky, and there were two moons, then there was one moon, then there were three moons, then there were two moons again, and, and the then story there was revolving. Yeah, you know, and so <laughs> the people are, people in the production didn't know what they were doing, the actors were unhappy, it cost a lot of money, and people were like, what the heck does this mean if there's two moons, and you're talking about a three moon eclipse, and, so that was that the show. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, that's that that that's kind of the same. Um, I'm a big fan of Lost, and I don't know. This might be kind of like a slant uh, for you talking about sci-fi, but I think Lost was oh, no. a sci-fi story. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was. But the only but, big. But go but, ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, uh, you know, every, there are so many people who complain about the ending of Lost because they say, well, that's not really how I envisioned it. But it goes along with what you're saying with Earth, too. It's like, well, you know, you didn't write the fucking show. So <laughs> this is how we're going to end it. <laughs> you know, it's it's right. our deal, not yours. You know, right. Like, right. I don't know. I yeah, know. The, two, yeah. the, the two writers at the end, the Lidenoff, I have, Damon Lidenoff, I have very little respect for. Actually, I have no respect for him at all. And even though he did Watchmen, he was not really the writer of Watchmen. He was the producer. Um, everything he's ever put his fingers into has soured, and I mean curdled to the maximum. And Lost is one right. of those. Yeah. Well, the only big thing about Lost that cracks me up is that at the first of the series, it was, oh, we have the answers. We know where they're going. And then after watching yeah. the last episode, you can actually say, they didn't know what the hell they were doing. They didn't know where they were going. Right. No, he, they, he, they yeah, even even uh, as Vicky said, like even uh, Lindelof was like, yeah, we were just kind of winging it. We didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, they Abrams never knew. left. Abrams left. And so he had this yeah. idea and he pitched it to them because, well, okay, in the middle of all of that was also um, Fringe was starting. And that was also an Abrams show. And so Abrams, yeah. his star was starting to rise in Hollywood. 
And so he was listening to everyone, and his ego was getting big. And so he's like, okay, I created loss. You guys, you guys finish it. Here's what I was thinking, but you do whatever you want. And then he starts with Fringe, and the same thing happens. The first two seasons of Fringe are just outstanding. And then, then he, Abram goes to Star Trek. Now he's going to be a big Star Trek dude, right? And so, I mean, he's been handed one of the biggest franchises of all time. So Fringe gets other writers, and the last three seasons are pretty much junk. And so that's what happens to a lot of TV back, especially in the early 2000s. Well, a lot of it was uh, Fox in it. Like, they're like, here... I don't like the guy, uh, Josh Whedon. He's a scumbag, but yeah, he's yeah. like, here is Starfly. It's a perfect series. Play it from proper end to proper end, and you will have a hit. There's no way you can ruin this. And they're like, oh, really? <laughs> and they proceeded to ruin how they showed the show, making it an utter complete disaster. There's three ways that you can easily ruin a show like Firefly. One, show the episodes out of order so you're confused right. as hell the whole time. Two, right. change the show, change the time you show it every two weeks so the fans can't follow it. And three, not even show the full season, but pull it maybe three episodes before the end. Right. Right, right, right. I I've been rewatching Firefly the past week, and I mean it's so good. It's so good. If that's another show, a science fiction show that gets lost in in all the um, hype of everything else, all, all all this stuff. Firefly was a great little show. It had some really good episodes. It had great character development. It also had some really good actors. And they all went on to other things, and we know them in other things. And so uh, what happened to Firefly is just exactly what, um, what Stephen just said, but it's worth watching that first season because it's good. It's really good. Yeah, especially if you – when the first Nate, when the season of the DVD come out of it, they had to put an insert with a paper telling you which order to watch the episodes. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, yep. right. Yeah, it's so oh. stupid. It's so stupid. And then there was such an uproar over it being canceled and all the things that had happened to it that they had to make a film, a feature film, to explain everything and end the series. And they killed the one of the best characters. And it's just like, what? Well, how? Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, well, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert from a movie that came out 12 years ago. (laughs) And they pretty much assumed, they were hoping for the next Star Trek, which was, oh, people went from Star Trek 
the TV series to the movie. But they forget one of the biggest reasons why people love the first movie, even though it is slow and boring. It had been, let's see, about nine years. Nine years in between Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the so original series. Yeah. 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 Because I I always say ten years because it's so close to ten years. Yeah. It's not officially ten years. Yeah. But that's why they screwed up with the next generation movies. They were yeah. putting them in the theaters while the last. Was it two, one or two seasons were running on TV? I think it was two. I think it was two. Yeah. I mean, that's overdose. They should have waited like five to six years, finish off the Next Generation series, and let us miss it. How are we going to miss you yeah. if you don't go away? Right. Well, right. We, but, but we had already... we. I, I think we had already moved into that uh, generation of... And I know this is something that the three of us can can kind of relax on because we don't come from that ADD generation where everything has right. to happen right now, right now, right now, right now, you know. Um, and so I think that, yeah, I, I think that's still we, – we were still in that generation of we can relax for a minute, let everyone breathe, and then we'll – we'll come back and revisit this property, you know, uh, right. Now I agree it's like you. every, yeah. Now it's like everything has to happen immediately. And to the point where we're rebooting movies that just came out last year for fuck's sake. Like, I know. Really? <laughs> it's terrible. It's just like, okay, you, you reminded me of another one that's on my list. Now, to a lot of science fiction people, um, Galaxy Quest, everyone knows it. But, you know, I'm, I'm amazed the other day on one of the sci-fi sites, the, the question was, um, do you know Galaxy Quest? Should I watch it? Is it any good? And it's like, what? What? Are you kidding? And there were all these people. No one had ever watched Galaxy Quest. And Galaxy Quest came out at the same time with all the next generation uh, Star Trek movies. It was all mixed in there. And that's where it got the reputation of, well, this is more Star Trek than the Star Trek movies that that are coming out from the studio. And so Galaxy Quest, it's funny, it's good, it's a parody um, but people don't get it. And so a lot of people don't yeah. watch it or they watch it and they go, that's not Star Trek. It's, it's, it's a comedy. What is this? You don't yeah, know it's that, a space movie. Well, don't forget it has a major, uh, uh, fan base and it would have had a television show sequel on Amazon if, uh, Alan Rickman's death hadn't gotten away. Right, right. Mm. Which no, is really but sad. A, a, but as or as Alan. a as a stand-up comedian and someone who enjoys sci-fi, I loved that movie. I I thought it was great, and uh, uh, like Stephen said, they were 
looking into doing a sequel or a TV series, but unfortunately, Alan Rickman died. So, right, yeah. right. But you know, Galaxy Quest it has its little cult following, but trying to get somebody else outside of that to watch it is all it's. It's the weirdest thing. You know, people hate Tim Allen for one thing, but this was before Tim Allen became the hated person he is today. And I guess all comedians are being, what do you think, Nate? Do you think all the older comedians are, are being hated today? Well, only yeah, the ones I mean, that are Republican douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think there is, I I hate to use the term cancel culture because I do feel like that's a right wing, uh, you know, expression of, of, of what they dislike. But I do feel like, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm a, I'm a left leaning liberal, uh, you know, I, and so when I tell jokes, a lot of times I'll say things that I know are inappropriate, but I think are still funny. And, uh, you know, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't, you know? Um, yeah, there's a weird, uh, there's a weird dissociation, uh, with comedians nowadays for what you can say and what you can't say, but, Personally, I don't think there should be anything you shouldn't be able to joke about, uh, you know. Uh, but eh, I've I've been spanked. I've been spanked a few times. <laughs> we're not talking about what you do off yeah. the air. We're talking yeah. about yeah. Yeah. yeah, not not just by my yeah, not just yeah, not just by my wife. I've just been spanked a few times for saying things inappropriately on stage, but. Um, you know, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think anyone should say stuff that's racist or sexist, but that's, you know, I, I, I don't go that direction with my comedy anyway. So yeah, I don't think there should be racist or sexist stuff, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, and this, this is a really dicey one, but I'll make a rape joke, not, not like, Hey, someone should get raped, but you know, like, I will I will go into some dark territories sometimes. So it, yeah. you know it's 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 a you know it, it you know it it is a it, it's a, a just kind of like a weird nebulous area where but you know I do think that it's uh, weird that Tim Allen went to the same levels that Roseanne did on his show and in his public talking, and he kept for two more seasons but Roseanne said her stupid stuff which is basically the same and she got fired within a day right 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 yeah you know let me um let me jump in here because there's a a, a film uh an old film and it used to be on Netflix uh it's called uh the angry red planet and oh, about, that's a good uh, one. Yeah, and okay, there's a female scientist, and this is an old movie, a 50s movie, and or maybe early 60s. I don't have it up what date it is. I think I just erased everything. But anyway, um, 
I was amazed by this planet, planet, this story, this film, because, like, you know, the monster is so cheesy. <laughs> it's so she's cheesy. On another, I didn't want she's to on watch another it. planet. She's on another planet, Stephen. <laughs> but they wrote into this this story a woman scientist who is the most logical character in the whole movie. And she keeps saying, we shouldn't do that. The science says we shouldn't do that. We, The science <laughs> says we should leave here. The science says. And every time the the captain, like, overrides her, no, we're going to do it anyway. And then they get in trouble. And I I like that film. <laughs> and so if it pops up and you want to watch something, because you can find it on Prime, um, maybe for a $1.99 rental. And uh, I mean, I thought it was worth it if you're looking for a somewhat cheesy, but it has a female lead who is a scientist, and she's the smart one. <laughs> yeah, but she, uh, it's like if you've ever watched Amazon Women in the Moon, it was like they had a female scientist on that ship, and they're like, oh, she's a scientist? I hope she brought her pots and pans, too. <laughs> Yeah, this is yeah. all science fiction. I I I don't believe there's a I don't believe there's a movie where a woman, where a woman is smart. That's just all science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I you know right. you know what? <laughs> my my favorite science fiction movie is Kevin Smith's Chasing Amy. Uh, because there's absolutely <laughs> no way that someone as ugly as <laughs> that someone as ugly as that dude could get a woman to switch back over to uh, heterosexuality. No, nope, not believing it. <laughs> not buying it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <sighs> <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, that's one of the things where you a lot of people shouldn't go back to fifty sci-fi as good as this because they're like, oh my god, where's the women? Where's the colored people? Where's everything that needs to be equal? Right, <laughs> right. You have to look at those films and see uh, and find the directors that were actually and the screenwriters who were actually pushing the envelope into equality and into everyone has uh, a, a say on your, what, your, your destination or your life. Uh, because there's lots of science fiction out there that, that was flying under the radar. People are like, okay, I, I threw you a million dollars. Here you go. Um, make a science fiction movie. We know that, and we're going to run it in the summertime. Lots of drive-in people. Uh, just do it. And so they could throw in things like that. And that's what makes those movies uh, worth watching. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and you know I tease, but, yeah, I I really, I do love a lot of the 1950s uh sci-fi stuff that uh, where like you said you know all of a sudden there's a woman scientist who's at part of the team for you know uh, for whatever the mission is you know it's always 
well, it usually involves giant insects, but you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yes. <they're>, you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, the cheesy yeah, monster on Mars I, is a, is a giant spider. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and like, yeah, no, like my my wife is a scientist, and I love that. I'm I'm a I'm a fucking retard. Uh, oh, I don't mean to say that. <laughs> I don't mean to well, say that in a negative way. I don't mean to well, say, we say you know, it off the but, air all the time, but that's the side to point. Uh, okay, I how know, come but... you can't call yourself that? I don't know. If, look up the definition. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I might be able to. But yeah, you know, like... Uh, yeah, like, I, he calls I, himself I, a fucking retard, but he don't go full retard. Yeah, no, 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 no. I would never go full. No, I would never go full retard. No, no. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it's like, I, 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 I say to my wife all the time, I say, uh, yeah, you, you do the math. Uh, I majored in English. So, you know, <laughs> that, that, but you know, how, yeah. but they always had these stereotypes in a sci-fi film from the fifties, the old wise and scientist, his daughter, who is as smart as the dad, but she's a woman. Right. Uh, the man, so the manly green. man hero and always the goofy boy man. <laughs> yeah, who usually the, gets infected the, or you know, yeah. stuff. Well, <laughs> the the daughter the daughter usually doesn't know what's going on with dad's experiments, uh, or or no, I guess that's not actually correct. The the there's the dad who's doing the weird experiments. The the daughter comes home with her boyfriend, and the boyfriend is, is the boyfriend is usually involved in the experiments, but the daughter doesn't know what's going yeah. on with the experiments, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. That was one of my favorite yeah. lines in Earth versus uh, the Flying Saucers. Uh, she starts talking uh, big words to her fiance that she's working with her dad. And he's like, I don't understand those big words. He just looks at him while petting his hand. He says, don't worry. I won't tell everyone you're stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know know what, Stephen? After every time we do a podcast together, I say the same thing about you. (laughs) No, don't worry. I'm the first one to admit it. No, I'm the first one to admit it. Now yeah. Vicky's gonna be the one. Vicky's gonna be the one tomorrow that's gonna have to say, "Oh yeah, you uh, listened to my podcast last night." Yeah, those with guys those are both stupid. With those two mother, <laughs> <laughs> with those two no good. <laughs> yeah, they're, I used they're, to not, tell the truth, Nate. I used to not curse as much. Before I started doing a podcast with Vicky, she taught yeah. me how to curse more. Yeah. In fact, I've probably backed off more, and Stephen's probably uh, stepped I, up a little more. Yeah, I, I, I try not to curse too much as well, but, uh, you know, every once in a while it just comes out. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 
I'm, you know, we're all the same age, you know, we're in, we're in our late forties, early fifties. Like, yeah, it just kind of like, doesn't feel the same anymore. You know, it was cool when you were 17, but now it's kind of like, yeah, I'll do it. If I, I guess I'll do it if it slips out or if I, if I really feel it, you know? Well, I want to talk about this really strange film. A lot of people don't want to watch it because it um, it has a reputation of being so ethereal and strange. But I'm telling you, when I watched this film, the first time I watched it, I was mesmerized, and I couldn't leave my couch. I couldn't. I just the whole time I was watching the film and that was called that's called Under the Skin. And it's a 2013 film that mm. I think it's still on Netflix. I'm not sure. The one, that's what yeah, I thought. That's a good one. It's the one with uh what's her name that's playing Black Widow, Scar- right? Scarlet yeah, Scarlett 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 Johansson. Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. 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 It's like yeah. the best way to describe in your skin as experiences. What if you were, what if Kubrick took some LSD and made a movie about the trip? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that's another good mixing of science fiction and horror because there's no blood in it, but the horror of what this alien is doing is I mean when it gets into your brain of what's really happening in this this film, and it's done so well that the mystery is what's really going on. So you have to watch it and you have to decipher what you're seeing. And uh, I just found it to be one of those pure science fiction. It's just it's pure science fiction. You there's nothing else there like it. So if you if you're wanting to watch something that's pure science fiction that's scary, totally scary, <laughs> that that's a good yeah. movie and it's it's flies under everyone's radar. Uh, well, yeah, I, now that, go ahead. You had something to say first. Go for it. Everyone nowadays talks about Mandy. You're starting to see Mandy, and I love the movie. <laughs> Mandy right, this, Mandy that. But no yep. one who's seen Mandy have really seen his first film, which is another science fiction film on acid, which is just as good, called Beyond the Black Rainbow. Right. And right. there's another one that's just good. Oh, well, I didn't I didn't know you were going to change the subject. I thought you were going to talk about, uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to yeah. talk about the movie that, that well, you Vicky was talk talking about. about. Too, Cause we're talking, still talking about weird, surreal science yeah. fiction. So go ahead, Nate. Yeah. Uh, no. So, uh, one of the things, uh, I think, uh, you were talking about, uh, Vicky with, with that movie, uh, which I think is really weird and surreal is, you know, that, uh, the, they, they just drove around and, and actually, uh, just encountered people and put them in the film. Yeah. That's Were you a cool thing. Yeah. I knew yeah, it. So, I knew it after the fact, not before I watched the movie. 
Yeah, I didn't know it before I watched the movie either, but you know that that gave I think that gave the film uh a very surreal like you know what you were saying like a very surreal feel to it is just that a lot of the people that were in the movie were just kind of like, "Hey, you're walking down the street. Oh, boom. <laughs> be you want right. to be in a weird movie? You you want to be in a weird movie?" Yeah. Uh, uh yeah. Yeah. So I don't know that's, that, uh, that that yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that 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 was all I really wanted to add to your uh, discussion of that. But uh, but I do agree with you that it it does have like a, it has horror and sci-fi uh, vibes to it for sure, no doubt. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. It it blends the two perfectly. Uh, perfect. I think so too. So I think um, if yeah. you're if you like Alien and you're trying to find something that blends the two really well, uh, Under the Skin is is a good choice because it's, yeah. it's so different that it, it's just completely engaging. And watch it in a dark room with no lights on to really get the full <laughs> effect of the movie. Yeah, I yeah, no, it, no, I... I yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Watch blacks. Yeah. One of the very um, last days it ever rained uh, in my uh, in my area, which was about five years ago. Um, I watched this. It was a, a cloudy, rainy day, and it gave the whole feeling of the movie something totally different. It was. It, it just blended with it. It creeped. It gave me the feeling that it was happening inside the the house. It was cool. Yes, watch it in a yeah. creepy atmosphere. Yeah, it, it it's like living here in Maine and watching The Shining during a snowstorm. <laughs> you know, like right. yeah. <laughs> I right. get it. I get it. I, I totally get no- it. All work and no comedy <laughs> makes Nate go something something. <laughs> but the one I was talking about, Beyond the Black Rainbow, it I love how it puts it in a futuristic setting and has all the sci-fi trappings, but it really doesn't let you know what year it is in, where it's happening, you know, what's going on. It's just one yeah, of those be- weird sci-fi trips. Right. Yeah, uh, be, be, yeah beyond, the back, uh, beyond the Black Rainbow feels like a movie like that Darren Aronofsky would have directed. You know, it's got that same kind of vibe uh, for the types of films that he directs. You know, it, it's, it's, it's weird. Like, I mean, think about Requiem for a Dream. You know that Requiem for a Dream is based on a novel that was written in the 1950s, 60s. Uh, I don't know 100%, 30s. but uh, the what? 30s. 30s? It was? Well, yeah, 30s? Yeah, 30s. Wow. Yeah. yeah but but you know what I'm saying. Book. Yeah. I, I I never read the book either. I, I only ever saw the film. But you know what I'm saying. Like, uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow kind of feels like that. Like, something that was, uh, you know, uh, 
it, it was lifted from like a, a Lovecraft novel and then just, you know, dumped into the, the modern times. Uh, so there was a lot of uh, give and play with, with how the screenplay actually played out, how the film came to be. Uh, so, yeah, it's really interesting. It's a really interesting film for sure. Yeah. That was a big problem with a lot of 80s sci-fi, wasn't it? They tried to make it look futuristic, but it had too much 80s stuff in it where you couldn't disassociate your mind. I'm from, yeah. Well, in in that the settings, they needed to use things, and they didn't have a lot of money to make it. They, yeah, they had to make... They had to deal with the props that they had. Yes. Well, I'm talking more like yeah. the clothes, the hairdos, and stuff like that. We're still right. We're we're in the year 2929, but we still got the 80s hairdo, and we don't have gas, we don't have water, but we got moose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, so feel, I feel. I feel. I feel personally attacked by that. You know that I put moose in my hair every day, right? Like, you know that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why that's you a got personal such a attack. big hair. Yeah, that's why you got such a big luscious mane now, because you put moose yeah. blood in it. And he hunts them with his you're bare just, hands. You're just jealous because you can't grow hair anymore, old man. <laughs> What's hair? Yeah, exactly. What's hair? Exactly. I got a luscious hey, mane and a oh. and a, and a big full beard. Yep. And you got nothing. <laughs> yeah, he's going for the full mane's backward look. Next thing I know, he's gonna be buying some flannel. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now you know what to get me for Christmas. <laughs> but haven't you noticed how funny it is going back to certain sci-fi films, guys? And it's like, the setting is the future, the year 2000. <laughs> well, you know, the uh, Blade Runner, the anniversary uh, or the, the year 2019 was where Blade Runner was set. And so two years ago, right before um, COVID and everything, was the year of Blade Runner. And so, yeah, it's weird when you go to those um, films. uh, Escape from New York, which is one of my favorite films. Um, Yeah, somebody was asking on one of those sites the other day, has anyone ever seen Escape from New York? Is it worth watching? And I'm like, what? Worth watching? I've probably watched it 150 times if I've watched it once. Well, if you, you, know? if you stay on sci-fi sites, you won't hear much as much about They Live or uh, Escape from New York as if you were on action sites or 80s movies sites. Right, you know? right, right. Right, hmm. but I, you know, the young people, they don't know these films. It's crazy. And so Escape from New York is another one of those um, films that uh, at the beginning they, ha- they have dates. 
And so the dates are all there, and you're like, oh, that was 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I think Manhattan is still Manhattan. <laughs> You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, that so, was well, the nicest thing about David Lynch's Dune. It was set in the year 2009X or 2000XX. <laughs> it's like, right. I ain't putting a year in this. <laughs> That's right. It's like way super in the future that, you know, we'll be yeah. dead. <laughs> so Even so far in dead. the so far in the future and so far on another planet that uh, you, yeah. you you guys don't you guys don't really need to know any of this. Uh, right. just, yeah. Even our robots will be dead by then. <laughs> right. Oh, poor yeah. Wally. Poor Wally. <laughs> no, Wally probably be the only one around digging up all the garbage. <laughs> yeah, because right. Wally's pretty smart, you know. He's got his little yeah. life contained, and Wally is classified mm-hmm. as a science fiction movie. And, yes, uh, I would. I would. I yeah. yeah, I would totally agree. I would totally agree with that. Yeah, but what's it's a sad is film. there's a group of hardcore sci-fi films who won't see Wally because it's a Disney film. It's animated, right? Yeah. Well, right, right. That's their loss. Their loss. But that's what we're their trying loss. to say. Yeah, exactly. And their they loss. don't want to see the fact that they're like, I'm happy sitting on my computer. And then we show them Wally. See, that's how you're going to turn out. I don't want to see that. I'm going to become a big slug who can't do anything for myself. <laughs> That's what, some what's one of the best things about great sci-fi is it always has that one stinger that bites you. Yeah, yeah, right. Mm. That that hits you right at home. It's like, oh wow, that's what great sci-fi is all about, and that's why I argue at work and I argue with people that science fiction is as relevant today and tomorrow and in the future as whatever historical BS you want to to make a film on, that stuff, yes, it was last year, it was uh, 200 years ago, it's important, it's our foundation, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Put some of that humanity into a good science fiction and it's going gonna, it's gonna to outlive all of that and it's going to hit you where you, where you live. Uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. Blade Runner is the perfect example of a film about heart and soul. It is about robots, and it is about slavery, all these things that are wrapped up in a science fiction setting, as a science fiction uh, vehicle. But that's, yeah, you know, for sure. You, yeah. It's the whole slavery thing. If you don't want to talk about slavery in, say, Britain, in France, in America, in any, uh, any place in, in Southeast Asia, the slavery that goes on in the Philippines right now, any of that, Nike, Nike is the king of, um, of slavery at this moment. And I bet a lot of people have Nike in their closet. Okay, so you don't want to pull that out because you might not get funded for your film. So 
you make a film about um, robots with uh, their lives. They have four years of life. You send them out into dangerous places where if they're if they die, their arms get chopped off. Whatever, they're they're just robots or um, clones, human beings, but they're clones, so they don't have a soul. So who cares about them? It's slavery. It's the issue of slavery, and you can put it into this science fiction setting into an epic story and at some moment during that story bam it's going to hit you it's going to come home yeah. to you like speaking of a movie that people didn't watch because it was michael may and that's the island that one oh is a yeah great sci-fi movie that mm. no one watched for the wrong reasons right that that's got yeah. johansson also and yeah. ewan mcgregor and yeah, it's one of the great stories of all time. We, um, it's, it's, uh, Brave New World has elements of that in it. But it, you know, here it is. We grow these clones. They look just like us. Like I grow a clone of myself, so that when I get cancer, I can replace that body part, and that clone dies. That's slavery. That's. The debasement of human human beings, and it's so it's so good. And when they they escape and they find out, not just that there's this whole world out here, but what their lives are all about, it's crushing. It's crushing and and perfect and good. You know, isn't everyone isn't there? Isn't there but, an episode of Black? Black Mirror about that has that. Um, oh, I I want to yeah. say Black Mirror, but yeah, isn't there one think, no, where? Uh, yeah, I think there's a Black Mirror episode where a guy who is a who is a clone comes back to find his uh, his original Perfect. self. Right. Yeah. I yeah, can't remember. Do, um, 30-minute episodes on um, on Prime. What are they called? Solos. It's called Solos. It's a brand-new thing. A friend of mine at work is like, have you seen that new sci-fi show? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, you of all people don't know about this. It's called Solos. It's on Prime, Amazon Prime. Huh. And it's a 30-minute um, almost solo acting. Um, in fact, it's... It, well, it's almost solo, okay? And the actors are prime actors. I mean, like Helen Marin, uh, Marin um, um, uh, Dan Stevens, um, uh, I can't think of her name. But the list, uh, um, uh, Morgan Freeman is one of them. The list is these prime, you know, number one actors. And they're in a sci-fi setting. And... Uh, the ideas are human as human can be, but it's sci-fi setting. And so not only are they discussing or thinking about this whole sci-fi thing, they're also thinking about, um, I mean, the, the human part of it. Like the one, there's one episode about 
a, a woman scientist who is trying to time travel because she loves her mother so much and her mother has an incurable disease that she's trying to go into the future to, uh, to find the cure for the disease because she believes that there must be a cure in the future. And so as she does this time travel, she meets her own self in like these, these parallel time splits. Okay, and so she finds out all kinds of stuff, and there's selflessness in it, there's love in it, there's there's fear of being dead, there's the whole range of human feelings within the 30 minutes of um, this show. But it's the vehicle is time travel. It's it's great. Mm-hmm. Really enjoy it. So. So, so what do you think about all of this? I mean, this is your platform. You invited Stephen and I on to the show, and I appreciate that. Um, but, you know, it's your show. So, so what do you think about the reality of time travel or, uh, you know, science fiction in general? Like, what, what, what attracts you to it? What, what makes you... Uh, you know, follow so much with the books and the mo- and the movies and the TV shows. Like that's awesome. What? Nobody's ever asked me that. <laughs> uh-huh. The um, probably what I just said because I've I've had to defend it so much for so long. I've uh, it's it's that we are losing our humanity to um, uh, to the, the smartphone. The smartphone runs our lives. And um, big pharma and insurance companies, Microsoft, um, Amazon, they all run our lives. And they don't even look at us as people anymore. They look at us as these little bits that make money for them. And so science fiction has predicted all of this stuff. In the 1950s, Ray Bradbury, most of his stories predicted everything that we're living right now. And even though they were predicted, no one listened. I listen. I see it everywhere. But I'm in the minority. And so I think that science fiction is the vehicle that can save the human race if enough people um, watch it and start reflecting. But I don't have hope. (laughs) And time travel? I don't know if time travel is possible. That's another show <laughs> <laughs> right but no but there but you 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 do think there's uh, and i agree with you there's always uh um the uh, a prediction that that science fiction does uh that does expound uh yeah there's always a possible yeah there's always a possibility there yeah I, I hear right, that right. completely. Yeah. Right. Like if you look at um, just the book that I've, I've probably taught Fahrenheit 451 more than any other book and other than of mice and men and um, uh, they're burning books. Well, we don't have to burn books anymore because we have these devices that you can upload or not upload books. So the books just sit somewhere else. They don't have to be burned because we have TikTok now and we have Instagram. And so we don't have to read. We can just ignore it. Yeah. And governments love that kind of stuff. 
Well, that so was Fahrenheit the point of Fahrenheit 451, not the right. people who were burning the books. It was the fact that no. uh, his wife was basically a zombie watching the TV. And the biggest right. fight they have in the movie and the book is when he turns the TV off. Right, right. And she commits suicide. You know, we're always talking about it at my job. And we're always talking about it, all this awareness, awareness of suicide. But that's another thing that that book predicted was the suicide rate. People, when they don't have something to hope for, look forward to, strive for, if everything is just money, 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 or everything is just so bland, human beings will take their lives because they can't stand it. And... Mm. I, I well, sometimes I look at that, and it predicted the iPhones and the 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 earplugs. You know, the you know walking around with just headphones on all the time. It predicted all these things. So that's what I think science fiction is. That's what I believe. Well, yeah. thanks for joining me. Thanks for joining yeah. me on your show tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I'm nobody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm another show, Vicky. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm glad I could think of something, but this was fun. And thank you, Nate, for coming on, and thank you, Stephen, for that wonderful entrance, um, the introduction yeah. music, and everything, and the way you said it. It was just great. Love it. Yeah. And. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you guys, thanks for just sharing this with me. I've had a lot of fun. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah. 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 We, Stephen and I always have fun, but we always love it more when you're with us, no matter what yeah. show we're thanks. doing. Thanks. And thanks. this is 593 people. Six more wow. till I hit the big 600. Yes. <laughs> fanfare, fanfare. <laughs> dun, da, da, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a lot, Stephen. Yeah, you should be congratulated and all that stuff. But yeah, Just any wow. of the movies that we have talked about tonight or books. And another book I want to throw in real good just as a title is one that I've always wondered why they never attempted to make into a movie, and that's Strange and a Strange Man by Robert Heinlein. Right, right. I've always wondered mm. about that. Always. Yeah. Especially and, now when, you know, they're doing like uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy and Hunger Games and all that stuff. Right. You know, they've got... They they have right. the ability now to make a movie, you know, a series out of something like that. So, right. Yeah. Well, Apple TV is doing Foundation series, so um, they were supposed to. It was slated for May 2021 before the pandemic. So we'll see when it actually mm-hmm. hits. But they're they're still doing the Foundation, and the actors in it are are top notch. So I'm I'm hoping it. And then they also have the science fiction series um, uh, for all mankind, 
And it starts out with the Apollo program, then going to the moon, but it totally, in the first episode, goes off into science fiction, and it's really good. I got my mom hooked on it now. It's um, There's three three seasons, and they're working on the next season, so it's really good. Oh. But I want to just, before there's a, there's a minute left, and I just want to say uh, upgrade, Annihilation, Color Outer Space, because we mentioned it, The Arrival, Galaxy Quest, Under the Skin, um, The Angry Red Planet, The Man from Planet X, all the Alien movies, well, no, the first two, Blade Runner, <laughs> Blade Runner, Rocket Ship XM, 1950s. That's what we talked about. If you can find any of those, those they would be worth your time watching. And Criterion, and please if, release Robin Caruso on Mars on Blu-ray, please. Wait. please. Oh, on Blu-ray, yeah, because I have. Oops. <laughs> she she gone. <laughs> no, I think you just I'm got her. Still, I'm still here. Oh, yeah, still there. All right. That's what happened. My phone, my it was my. Uh-huh. Anyway, I got unplugged. It wasn't blog talk. Uh, <laughs> all right. Unplugged my own Also, also any ahead, sci-fi Nate. fans? Uh, any sci-fi fans? Because I work at the post office. I can tell you. Um, they are putting out uh, a limited edition uh, Ursula K. Le Guin uh, oh, stamps. Really? Yeah. So, that happening? So yeah. That happening? Yeah. Uh, it, it's this month. So get Ooh. to your local post okay. office. Get some Ursula, Ursula K. Le Guin stamps. Yes. I'm gonna go tomorrow. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as usual, if you want to read me and Vicky stuff, go to Wildside Cronus Books and pick up back issues of Wings, Chop, and Monster. And me and right. Nate are on. Well, you give the R massive promo. Uh, yeah. Uh, R massive. Yeah. Yeah. If if you want to read some stuff from Stephen and I, go to R dash massive dot com. If you just put in R massive, you're only going to get porno <laughs> with gigantic penises. So you got to put the dash in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. All right, gang. Okay, well, I'm going thank to, you, guys. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Yeah. And um, I guess that's it for tonight, everyone. So thanks for listening. Good night, everyone. To begin again in a golden land of opportunity and adventure. New climate, recreational facilities. They don't advertise for killers in a newspaper. That was my profession. Ex-cop. Ex-blade runner. Ex-killer. Use your new friend as a